Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Mighty God. Come on, church, let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. What a powerful God we serve, amen? Incredible family getting baptized this morning. I just absolutely love that. Also a young man getting baptized where God's just doing something completely different in his life, in his family's life. So incredible. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. Come on, if anything is to be celebrated Come on, it's what we just experienced. You know what that represents? That represents repentance. That that represents just a turning away and a surrender to Jesus Christ, saying, God, you know what I mean? I've been been doing things my own way, but now I'm going to do them your way. And so I just thank God this morning. God, thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us as a church to participate in such an incredible thing. You know, one of the greatest things about baptism and repentance is whenever we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, he says, he says, I'll never bring them up against you again. I'll wash them. I'll throw them as far as the east is from the west. And, and I just love that, that he is a, he's an all-forgiving God. Like, like he doesn't wait until we mess up uh, uh, after we've asked for forgiveness and say, I knew, you know, you weren't going to be perfect and, and hold over our head the same thing that we asked you know, him to forgive us for, it's as, if, it's as if we come up short for the very first time. Amen? How many of you are grateful for the mercies of God and the, and the grace of God and the love of God? Like all of that is driven by God's love. He loves you. Church, you need to hear this. He loves you. He loves you so much. Come on, one more time. I know we're clapping a lot this morning, but... I got a little bit of extra joy after being able to do that this morning. Hey, do me a favor and just greet somebody around you. Let them know how excited you are to see them today. You know, you don't have to touch them if they don't want to be touched, but let them know how much you appreciate them. While everybody is greeting themselves here in the house of the Lord, I want to take a moment and greet our online church. Welcome this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this incredible, incredible day. We also want to encourage you that when you're ready, please come and be a part of our service in person. Um, But I also want you to know that that we value you and we treat you just like you are here today. You are just as much a part of our church as everybody here is today. Come on, church. Let our online church know how much you appreciate them this morning. Put your hands together. Give them a shout. Awesome. Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? I am ready to give it, so I hope you're ready to receive it. Lord, we go before you, and we just ask that you would help me over the next few minutes just to share your word in such a way, God, that that it would be just packaged in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that as your word goes out, it would just hit the mark. I believe, God, that the message is for every single person today. And Lord, we just pray that you would do an incredible work in making it hit the mark and and help there to be uh, not just the ability to hear it, but let people understand it this morning and how it may apply to their life. 
I thank you for that, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want to say thank you again for being here this morning. Um, we're in a series called A Great, um, a great Choice or A Great Decision. Um, I was going to call this The Greatest Choice. Uh, it's a part of that for sure, but, uh, um, but the greatest choice that you can make is, is surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and repenting of your sins, and, and um, of course, that entails, you know, giving him your whole life, and, and, and that, that's a choice that we make every day, but, but um, the, and really, the theme of the message is tied up in that choice, because a great choice is choosing Come on, choosing life. God gives us the choice to choose life. Somebody say choose. choose. Somebody say life. life. Now say them together. Choose life. Choose life. <laughs> choose life. Deuteronomy chapter 30 is where we're going to start reading today. It says this. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. Now I'm going to pause right there for a second. I want you to know that there are people not only on the earth, but in the heavens that are paying attention as to how you live your life and, and what you say and what you do and the actions that you, that you take. There are witnesses. So this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. I want you to know this, that God's plan for your life doesn't happen by chance. God's plan for your life happens by choice. Like his plan is, is that all would choose life. His plan is that all would come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. But we know that that doesn't happen for everybody. He desires it for everybody, but there is a choice that needs to be made. There is, there is partition participation that needs to take place. And, um, and I just want you to know that you have a part in that. I also want you to think about this, how, how life and death, they occupy the same space. Life and death occupy the same space. Like you have the ability to choose life in your thoughts, but you also have the ability to choose death in your thoughts. You have the ability to choose life in your actions, but you also have the ability to choose death in your actions. You have the ability to choose life in the words that you speak, or you have the ability to choose death in the words that you speak. I'm telling you that you have a choice in the matter. It's amazing to me how so many people, their approach to God is, God, you know what I mean? I believe you're there, and if you want things to change, then you're just going to have to make them change. And the Lord's like... Uh, who told you that was the plan? You know what I mean? That, you, that, that I'm just going to create a miracle and poof, your situation in life is going to be completely different. Let me remind you what I already did. I died for you. I gave you the promise of the Holy Spirit. I said things like, if I am for you, who can be against you? I'm a, brother, I'm a friend that sticks closer than brother. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, I've given the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead as the same spirit that's available to you. Come on, I've done all of these things, and now you need to just make a choice. Are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? Are you going to choose blessing or are you going to choose curses? Proverbs 8, 21, 18, 21. 
says this, says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Today we're going to talk about just that. We're going to talk about the power of your words. Come on, your words are more than just vibrations that leave your mouth. Come on, there is creative power in the words that you speak. I believe wholeheartedly that we were created in the image and likeness of God. So we can look at the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, not saying that we are gods or little gods, but we were created in his image and likeness, and he, he was able to speak things into existence. The heavens and the earth were spoken by the power of words. And so I believe on a much smaller scale that we have the ability to speak things into existence. Like, like there are so many people that are living in, in, a, in an area of freedom. They're living in, a, in, in the joy of the Lord. They're living, come on, they're living on the promises of God because they speak the promises of God over their life. They stand upon the Word of God, and it doesn't matter their circumstances. They still elevate the Word of God above what it is that they feel at any given moment or what it is that they are experiencing at any given moment. It's like, man, I wish this wasn't the case, but God, you know? There are also those that live in a prison, this prison that they've, that they've created for themselves because of the words that they speak over their family, over their marriage, over their children, over their, over their life. You see the power, come on, of the word. You, you, you can almost look at a word as, a, as, as something that carries something that is coming. Like if you speak something, you can almost, you can almost count on that thing coming to pass. Might be a stretch for some. I want you to look at your words like this. I remember when my kids were little, and uh, we would go to the, to the drive-through bank. All that they knew is I would say something really nice, like, hey, good morning, to the, to the lady, you know, in the microphone, or good morning, hey, how are you doing? And then I would take the tube out, and I would put, you know, they didn't know, but I would put a deposit slip or check in the tube, and then I'd put the tube back in, I'd push the button, and the next thing you know, a sucker's coming back, or like five suckers are coming back. And so my kids are thinking, man, dad just says nice things to this person, and nice things come back. And that's really how our words are, honestly. If, you know, uh, friendly people make friends. They're friendly in their conversation. They're friendly in their actions. And so all of a sudden, they're surrounded by friendly people. Man, that guy's just super lucky. No, he's just speaking and doing the right things. You understand what I'm saying? So you do nice things. And it's amazing how some people have the hardest time grabbing hold of this conversation, this, this idea that, that what you say, come on, it really matters. I'm telling you this this morning, that your words kill or bring life. They heal or they destroy I'm amazed at how many people don't want to take responsibility for their words today. We just say it, and, and if it hurts somebody's feelings or, or, you know, it just causes all kinds of issues, then, 
then we put it right back on that person. Boy, they're childish. They just need to grow up. How about you, as a Christ follower, put a little bit more wisdom into how you say what you say? Come on, I can't tell you how many people I've met that they're saying the right things. They're just saying it in the wrong way. And every time they speak, there's a wedge of division that continually is, 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 just, is just pushed in a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Come on, they're saying the right things, but they have no couth and no wisdom on how they're speaking. And so the message isn't receiving the ear of the listener because they're, they're so aggressive or they're so non-tactical in their delivery. Come on, they should just grow up. Come on, or this is just who I am, right? Come on, my dad was this way and his dad was this way. Come on, this is how, no, that's not an excuse. God has given you this incredible thing called self-control. And listen, if you come from a lineage of people that are just really good swordsmiths, they're, they're really good at just wielding weapons with their words, I'm telling you, you can be the generation that changes the curse that potentially has been put on your family's life. Number one is this. Choosing life is choosing words that produce life, avoiding words that tear down or destroy. Like some of you, you may have been raised... You know what I mean? You think you've been this way since you were born, but you weren't. It's a learned, it's something learned. Let's just say mom and dad fought, argued, got aggressive, and you grew up in this, and you're just like, you've been around it so much that you can take pride in being able to destroy somebody with your words. In fact, you're a little bit more witty than most. You're smarter, you're quicker than most. And if you come against somebody that's just a little bit more smart and a little bit more witty, you can definitely out-yell them. Like your volume will just drown out anything that they have to say. And you've come to a place of saying, you know what? I'm really, really good at this. Let me tell you this. You should repent and say, you know what? I'm not going to be good at this anymore. Just like you have gotten skilled in tearing down and destroying people, you can also become skilled in speaking life. Come on to people that you encounter in this life. You can, you can hone in on those skills, and that's something really to be proud about. Rather than complaining, talk about what you're thankful for. So many times people, they complain. We com we're complainers. We're a group of complainers. If we don't like something, it's our right to let people know how much we don't like it. It's part of our culture. It's, it's, it's who we are. We are we're complainers. We're going to let people know that, that, that they've, done, they've, they've done something wrong. You know, I was just talking to somebody just the other day, and, and they, were, they were so... They, they approached the situation. They were so happy that they yelled at somebody at an intersection. They, they were just like, man, I just really, you know, like this was a badge of honor. I just really let somebody have it at an intersection. They were doing wrong. And so this person, they've taught, they, were, they were like, listen, I took it upon myself to bring correction to that situation as if that did anything. As if it just changed them and they just went home saying, boy, I'm never going to do that again. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so we have got to, we have got to choose to speak life and not buy into the concept that whenever, you know, we let somebody really have a piece of our mind that that somehow is something glorious and should be celebrated. I'm not saying that there's not a time to speak. I'm not saying that there's not a time for correction, but I'm telling you that we're learning to celebrate the wrong things. Speak life. 
First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, how can I give thanks in all circumstances? Should I be thankful, you know, for the coronavirus? Should I be thankful that my kid flunked out of the ninth grade? Should I be thankful that I got diagnosed with cancer? Should I be thankful that somebody hit my car in a parking lot and they didn't even leave a note? It's not saying be thankful for all things. It says in all things be thankful. So regardless of the situations that you're going through, you can still be thankful in the situation because the one that you serve, come on, he is the great I am. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has an ability to iron things out. When you don't know what to say to your kids in the middle of them making poor decisions, you can say, God, I am trusting you with this. I'm trusting you to give me more wisdom on what to speak how to say it and when to say it and I'm also trusting God that you will intervene because everything that I have tried is not working amen come on you can be thankful in a situation not for a situation right you can't control what happens to you Philippians 2 and 14 says this do everything and last time I checked everything means everything do everything don't do most things or some things or a few things it says do everything without grumbling or arguing. You could put in a Travis word there, do everything without complaining. Do everything without complaining. There was a story of a, a guy that went to work every single day, and, and he took his own lunch to work every single day, and, man, that, that lunch whistle would go off. Whee! He would run to the, to the cafeteria, and he had a group of guys that he'd always sit down with, and, and he would break out his, his, he'd take his lunch in a paper sack, just like he did when you were a kid. He'd take his lunch in a brown paper sack, and he would open that up, and he'd start digging through. He's like, oh, cool, an apple. Oh, great, got some chips. Oh, good, got a soda. Uh, and he would get to the sandwich, and he would always open up the sandwich bag, and he would peel back the, uh, the, the, the top piece of bread, and he would say, oh, dang it, baloney again. And so, so anyway, he would do this every single lunch, every single once. Oh, dang it, baloney again. I can't believe it. Finally, one of his friends got fed up and said, listen, why don't you have a conversation with your wife and just tell her that you're done with the baloney? You would like something else like tuna fish or turkey or something like that. He said, wife, I pack my own lunch. Go figure. You don't like what's taking place, but you don't have the, the desire to make a change in a choice differently than the one that you've been making, but you still reserve the right to complain about it. Come on, am I speaking to somebody here this morning? Right? Come on, you still have the, 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 you know, the ability to complain about it when you can choose differently. And I'm just saying maybe you're stuck in a spin cycle of complaining. I want you to know that you can change. There's a young man in our church that, that, um, that, that like me, he has, he has struggled, fluctuated with, with his weight, and, and, um, and finally he just got fed up, and, and, and he's not been a real athletic person, but he did run cross-country track um, when he was in, in school, and I remember him um, running this. Uh, at this time, and so he thought, you know what, I'm finally going to do something, so he started, he started lacing on his shoes and getting up and going running a few times a week. And so 
um, he would go out, and I remember he came back the first, the first time. I think he ran like a half a mile without, without stopping. And he said, I, it about killed me. I just walked, and my heart rate was up, sweating all over the place, and half a mile. But he kept at it. And I'm telling you what, when you're looking to change, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But when you continue to fight for what it is that you're wanting to do, you're going to quickly see results. And so he worked himself up to a whole mile. And then all of a sudden, he's just keeping at it, keeping at it a few times a week. And then he goes back and he's running a mile and a half, then two miles. And just this last week, he ran almost four miles. He ran 3.8 miles without stopping. Now, listen. That's not an easy thing to do whenever you haven't been active in a long period of time, but he's keeping at it, keeping at it. And so now, not only is he able to take a little bit of pride in his accomplishments, but he's also looking a little bit different. He carries himself a little bit different. He's feeling healthier. And this person that I'm talking about is our very own worship leader, Matt Johnson. Right? How cool is that? Not easy. But something inside of him said, enough's enough. I'm going to do something different. I'm not just going to complain. I'm going to do something different. And I just love that. Maya Angelou said this, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude about it. How powerful is that? If you don't like something, change it. But if you can't change it, because there are things in life, right, that you can't change. If you can't change it, then at least change your attitude about it. Don't complain about something that you allow. Don't complain about something that you, that you allow. So if you don't like your job, like you have the ability to quit your job. If you don't like it, or maybe your job, maybe you're not liking it so much because your attitude stinks. Change your attitude. But this is the thing. You, nobody is forcing you to stay in that. Just get a job before you quit it, and then you can go right on to to another job. If you don't like how your kids are being disrespectful in your home, man, I just, my kids are disrespectful. They're just so disrespectful. Then start teaching them about respect in every point, not most points, not some points, not every often, like pull them aside. Like every time that they're disrespectful to their mother or to the neighbor or to another kid or to their dad, Every time they're disrespectful, you pull them off to the side and you have the conversation. Make it a lengthy conversation, too. We don't do this. We, this we, you know, it, however it is that you teach, but if you don't like it, then put in the work to change it so that now you don't have a 32-year-old that's disrespectful because nobody corrected it back here. Like, you have that ability. And if you've got a 32-year-old as dad or mom... You're going to have to be really creative and crafty how you enter into this, but still speak life to that kid and say, listen, you could go, uh, you know, he's your kid. He's a man, but you can go a lot further if you would. You still have a voice, hopefully, and if you don't, change that. Like, if you don't have a voice into your kid's life, change it so that you do. I don't care if they're 52 years old. 
change it to where, you know, if, you, if you've made some mistakes as a parent like we all have, go to your son, go to your daughter and say, listen, man, I've blown it. I really, I've learned some things and I just didn't raise you the best that I could raise you. I, I did this when I should have done that. I did that when I should have done that. I, I did this when I... And then you come to them, and now you deserve, you earn back the right to have a voice in their life, right? You don't, as a parent, always have to be right. I was asked a question, a biblical question, from a young man in this church last week, and I gave him the wrong answer. I, I went to researching it because I gave him the quick answer. I went to researching it. I'm like, whew. I gave him the wrong answer. You know what I did? I called him. I said, hey, listen, I apologize. I gave you the wrong answer. This is a lengthy conversation. I'd like to share with you why I gave you the answer, but this is what the Word of God says. And I called him. Now, listen, do you think it would have been better for me just to leave it alone and him come up later on and say, you know what? Wow, that dude as a pastor gave me the wrong answer, which he should know better. Or... Do you think I've earned the right to speak into his life more in the future because I went back to him and I said, you know what? I, I, I messed up. Good job. Great call. And got a chance to see him first service and just big smile on his face thinking, oh, I got one over on the pastor. That's all right. I don't care. I, it's not. <laughs> but I've got a relationship because I took the time and said, hey, listen, I, I spoke out of turn. And uh, so I just, man, earn, you know, you could change it. Okay, I'm on something I shouldn't have been on. But choosing life means that I will use my words to build others up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome, you could put in the word corrupt, you could put in the word unhealthy, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Listen, if you had the issue that I used to have where my mouth would engage before my, my mind did, then I encourage you, make the decision. Like if you're always stepping in it, or putting your foot in your mouth, or you're, you're always having to go back and say, man, I, I shouldn't have been so quick to be so angry and say the things like if that's you because it used to be me then just make the decision right now I'm shutting the door to my mouth I'm gonna not speak anything I'm not gonna say anything until I can think about it for 24 48 some of you maybe need 72 hours and then you can go back and you can address the thing that was rolling around in your mind in a way that's going to be beneficial to you and in a way that's going to benefit other people. Amen? So shut the door and then go back and talk to them later. Come on, we see, we see people and words, how words affect people most, dealing with little children playing sports. All my kids were in some kind of a sport. I had a daughter that played a lot of different sports, but her main sport was soccer. She was just, they were just like little bumblebees, just, they would, they, they didn't even separate. They were just running around and, and sure enough, man, you had, you had parents at that, at that age level that's yelling at their, come on, you know, just, just not really encouraging, but come on, what do you think? And I, there's always that parent, right? You got a kid that steps up to the, to Jacob played baseball and he steps up to the plate 
and, and you got a kid that's confident at the plate, you know what I mean, and, and he's swinging. He, at least he goes down swinging, but he strikes out. Next thing you know, the parents kicking stuff. Oh, man, keep your eye on the ball. And then you got those other parents, and I'm not saying that there's not a time to coach up, but that's not the time. You got other parents, come on, that are just like, hey, listen, you know what? Way to keep your head in there. Yeah, they got you this time, but you're going to get them next time. You see a difference. You see the one that's being yelled at and screamed at by mom or dad, and, and, and maybe they're even holding it. They don't even know anything about the game. They're holding the bat wrong. You know, if you know baseball, that I'm holding the bat wrong right now. This kid goes up there with no confidence, and then after the parents yelling and screaming, come on, he's even lower and lower. How in the world is that going to be beneficial? But that other kid where there's a thumbs up or there's a high five or a smile, you know what I mean? They're letting, how about this? Woo, this is a good one. Let the coach be the coach. How amazing is that? You're so good at coaching, sign up to be the coach. That's good stuff right there. Who wants to be a part of a community or a team or a church or a family where nobody's being built up, but everything is just kind of being torn down? I'm telling you this, that, that uh, we are going to be better as we are an encouragement you know, to one another. And not that there's you know, not those times to have the hard conversation and, like I said, you know, to coach up. But I also believe that even in those situations, God can give us wisdom so it's going to be effective. Like, right? We want to be effective at the end of the day. We just don't want to say what's on our mind and, and it not go any further than, you know, the tip of whoever we're speaking to's nose. We want it to penetrate. We want it to change the heart and, and, and challenge up. And so um, I just love that video. There's nothing like kids, man. Kids will speak it like it is. I just think that's so great. Are you guys with me? All right. All right. Number three, choosing life requires talking more about what you're for rather than what you're against. If you take a snapshot of our culture right now, we really are priding ourselves in what we're against. In fact, I believe that there are people that are paying more attention on the opposing view than they are um, a supporting view. Because, because, I mean, that's why news sells. That's why you know, I mean, people, people love conflict and, and, um, and it's become uh, a cultural norm to oppose something and they oppose everything. They could oppose the greatest thing and, and, and yet gain an audience, you know, um, in their opposition. And it's unfortunate, but that's the world that we, that we live in. Uh, but right now it seems like the loudest voice is sometimes the voice of opposition or the the voice of, of negativity. Let me share with you how this plays out in a family. Let's say one of your kids gets up on a Saturday morning, and uh, let's say it's your youngest son. Your youngest son gets up and he says, man, I love pancakes. I hope we can have pancakes. And then the oldest boy just starts railing the youngest kid. What? You love pancakes. What about eggs? And, and what did bacon ever do wrong to you? And, and why are you going to disrespect waffles? It's like, listen, I just, I just love pancakes. I, I'm not against anything else. But I'm telling you, when you stand for something, other people are automatically going to push you that you're against something else. And I'm just saying this. Does this attitude, does it bring life or does it bring division? Come on, if, you, if you've got a think tank, like let's say you're a part of a think tank 
in business or you're a part of a church board. Oh, my goodness. You're part of any think group to where your job is to help whatever organization as a group, your group's job is to help them to achieve the goals that they're setting out to achieve. It is very seldom that you will have a think tank or a think, you know, a work group where there's not one self-appointed person that make it their job to find everything that's wrong with every single idea that comes across the table. I'm telling you, a healthy group is not a group of yes men or yes women, but a healthy group is moving towards the objective of reaching the goal that was set out for them to reach. And at the moment that somebody opens their mouth, and every time they open their mouth, it's negative, it's negative, it's negative. You know what happens? The life gets sucked out of the group, and there's no more creativity. I'm not saying that we should be against critical thinking. There's a time for it. But you know what I'm saying. If somebody opens their mouth, it's going to be something, you know, something's wrong, something's, I don't agree with that, 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 that. They're always disrupting, come on, the unity and the flow of where everybody else is going. And then the next thing you know, I've been a part of these groups. You got some dude taking off his hat, throwing it on the ground and stomping out, only to have to go back, oh, yeah, i got to get my hat. You know what I mean? I ain't going to be a part of this. That's what happens, and it fosters because one person can change the atmosphere of the whole, the whole group. Some of you are like thinking, I've been a part of those groups before. Number four is this. Choosing life means that I will express joy. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Philippians. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You know, anytime something is, is spoken twice back to back, you should really pay attention. And so really to get the power of this, it's like, yeah, choose joy. Great, Apostle Paul, move on. You got to find out where he was. From what, from what area in his mind did he speak rejoice in the Lord always? Again, I say rejoice. Well, you got to look at his circumstances. He was in a Roman prison, isolated. Come on, he, it wasn't the Four Seasons. It wasn't the Ritz-Carlton. He didn't have a, a, a jacuzzi in his bedroom. You ever been to one of those? That's really cool. I just like, I'm just going to stay here all day until my skin starts wrinkling. That's not where he had written this letter from. He was in a prison, isolated, musty, probably evaluating his life. God, all I have done is just give my life, come on, to preach the gospel, to share the good news. And this is where I'm at. And he probably started, you know, thinking, man, my thoughts are not, are not life thoughts. And so he begins to build himself up. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I'm telling you this, that regardless of the circumstances, just like the Apostle Paul could say, I will choose joy regardless of my difficulties, regardless of my struggles and shortcomings and the terrible atmosphere that I am, I will choose joy. And just like he said that, you can choose to say that too. Right now, today, like you have the power. Come on, if you've been on the wrong train, get off of it and get on the joy train. Get on the life train. You've been on the death train, get on the life train. You've been on the curses train, get on the blessing train. Because he's given you life and death. Choose life. Number five is this. Choosing life means that I will speak from a place of faith. This is my last point. Thank you so much for, for listening, participating. I want you to 
Hear me out. Number five, choosing life means I will speak from a place of faith. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse 13 says this. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. My closing question is this. What do you have enough faith for to believe today? What do you have enough faith for to believe can happen today? For some of you, it may have been just enough faith just to get out of bed, jump in the shower, and get to church today. And for that, I just want to say, man, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for making Sunday morning worship a priority. Thank you for your involvement and participation. For others, you know, maybe you're maybe you're up against it in maybe you're up against it in your marriage. And and and, and it just seems like it's getting worse and worse and and you're growing farther and farther apart. And you're thinking, you know, you're thinking, man, it's just a matter of time before before we've got to have the sit down with our kids because mom and dad are, are probably going to go a different direction. I'm telling you this, if you'll let faith rise up, you're going to need a little bit more faith, but let faith rise up. Do you, have, do you have faith to believe that God can restore your marriage? Do you have faith that you don't have to get divorced before you get back together? Do you have faith that one of you doesn't have to leave the house, which oftentimes ends up in a divorce situation anyway. You know what? We're just going to separate for a little bit. We're just going to work on things a little bit. Most of the time that that happens, divorce is just, it's just a matter of moments later. Do I have faith to believe that God was the reason we got married in the first place? Well, no, no, the devil, the devil's been, you know, telling me, well, listen, you really didn't even save yourself before marriage. And and uh, boy, you moved in before you were married and, and, um, and all these things. You know what? God was never forward in the first place. He was there when you made the commitment to love her in sickness and in health. He was there when you made the commitment to stand by his side, to be his perfect helpmate. Is God able to restore and keep my family together? Huh. If that's you and you're struggling in your marriage, I challenge you to say, God, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, by faith, I'm speaking it. By faith, I'm speaking it because my words matter. My family is going to be rescued by the Lord. And the issues that have been issues are not going to be issues any longer. And yes, you know, where, where it might take a little bit of work, like Matthew grinding it out, half mile. Getting back out there again, a mile. Getting back out there again, not wanting to go, not excited about going, dreading. Oh my gosh, I got to run this week. It's Monday. I got to run on Friday. His whole week's messed up because he doesn't want to run on Friday, right? Dreading it, but still getting up and working. And now he's running four miles without stopping. How incredible is that? Come on, putting in the work, putting in the work. Absolutely amazing. And I'm just saying this, that maybe God's saying, listen, I can do the miracle, but I need your faith. And if the only thing that you can do is just speak it and believe it, that's enough. I'll do the rest. And, 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 and I'll give you the wisdom on what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what to say, how to say it, when to say it, when not to say it. For some of you, you have family members. I'm speaking to a lot of people right now that don't know Jesus. Do you have faith enough to believe like today by speaking their name that this son or this daughter is going to give their heart to Jesus? Do you have faith to stand in the gap and say, my mom, she's not doing real well, but I, I claim her 
life for Jesus. Lord, I pray that you intervene in whatever means necessary, that she has a moment. She has an experience of surrender. Amen? God can do powerful things in a moment. Do you have the faith to believe it? Come on, sometimes God, I believe, is just waiting for somebody to say, my God is able. My God is able. Come on, quit giving your, your fear a voice and start giving faith a voice. Quit giving your fear a voice and start giving faith a voice. There's a song that we sing. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Sometimes it's hard to sing that with conviction because you're in a place of not seeing God do anything. You're in a place of not not feeling God do anything. But I'm telling you, God is still doing something. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. We're going to land this plane this morning. Amen? I want you to know this, that um, God loves you. And he has given you everything that you need. I tell you, I tell you, I heard just a little bit of this man's story, Leno's story, and how he came this morning to a place of being baptized. And if you ever get a chance to corner up with him, ask him that story. It will just, it will just fill your heart with love, and it might remind you of something that you experienced with the Lord on a personal level many years ago. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. But God's alive and well today. He's here and he loves you. And, um, and he is for you. Amen. Choose life. Choose life. Lord, I thank you for these people. Go ahead and stand up. if you. We're going to end with a little bit of worship. Thank you, God, for these people. I pray, Lord, that you take this word and help it to make a difference in their life, God. Let us not just have the ability to hear it, but God, let it bring about transformation and change. Everything that you do is out of love, and I thank you for that. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.